Next on BYU Sports Nation, analyzing the current BYU quarterback race through the eyes of a guy who moved from scout team to starter in less than a year. Former quarterback Christian Seward tells us how many reps the starters should get in fall camp and who his starting pick is. Plus, the top 10 offenses BYU will defend against in 2018, World Cup madness. And get your sunglasses ready. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hater's going to say it's fake. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday, June 27th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with cheap sunglasses salesman Jerem Jordan. Uh, listen, I had my guys near the, uh, near the ports there in New York City selling out of the briefcases. It's been lucrative since 01. It's been great. eBay kind of killed us. Amazon's killing us right now. So why are you doing this then? I don't know. Just some side coin, I guess. Okay. Rocking. Who doesn't need some extra lettuce, Spence? <sighs> and who wears their sunglasses inside? It's National Sunglasses Day. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Fun fact, my first job... Also, I'm uh, third string on the Blues Brothers. Oh, okay. My first job post-mission trip was working as a sunglasses salesman in the mall. So what really happens with these intros are things that you did. No, not always. Or wanted to do. No, 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 not always. Or Sometimes. Or regrets you have about your life. I definitely do not regret that. Listen, as an available bachelor at the time, working in a oh, sunglasses oh, shop yeah, dude. in a mall in all Sandy, the, Utah. All the honey's coming was, through there, dude. Was the prime spot to be. Which one? Uh, Southtown? Yes, sir. Nice, dude. Sunstop, shout out to the boys. Honey's flowing through <laughs> Southtown. Very nice. Get your Oakleys while they're hot. <laughs> <laughs> and a date. <laughs> Happy National Sunglasses Day. Oh, oh congratulations to uh, your South Korea knocking out Germany. Oh, we're going to get there. Oh, okay. We're gonna no, get, I'm just we're excited, gonna, dude. We're going to get there. Date. Oh, it says coming up. Yeah, we'll do it later, too. We're going we're gonna to get there. And my uh, Brazils. Brazil. Ocelacels playing today. De Hanmin Guk. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Let's just go ahead and keep the energy high. Yeah. Hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. 66 days. Is that the most syllables of any? Nah, just four. You're right. Yeah, four. Like it Highway usu- 66. Like it usually is. Yes. 66 days and counting for BYU football to the season opener in Tucson, Arizona. You're going to need your sunglasses for that one. The plan, according to BYU quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick, is to have a starting quarterback in place roughly two weeks before... BYU opens the season down south. We collectively feel, at least I think we collectively feel, Jerem. Uh-oh, what are we talking about? Experience will weigh heavily in this decision of who's going to start at quarterback. I would think so, yeah. Tanner Mangum has the most experience. Yeah. So is Tanner Mangum the leader in the clubhouse for the BYU starting QB position? I've asked the question of many guests on the show. Is it Tanner Mangum versus the field? And I think it is. Is he the leader in the clubhouse? That's an interesting question because Tanner Mangum has not had a single rep in 11-on-11 in practice under this new offense. So 
can he be the leader? I don't think he necessarily is. I think it's more even than we think. In fact, we brought in, what, Trevor Maddich and Hans Olsen last week, and both of them thought, you know, it might be a guy like Bo Hodge or, or Joe Critchlow. I don't see Zach Wilson emerging as the number one quickly. I think he's the future for sure. Um, I think Tanner's certainly one of the top three candidates. I think you give Jaron Hall some time. I would if if you said okay, who's the guy tomorrow? I would think that it'd probably be Tanner Mangum because he has twenty one FBS starts. Bo Hodge has two, and Joe Critchlow has three. So who are you going to throw out there? Tanner Mangum hasn't won a start against a Power Five team, which makes you a little nervous. But he's at least been there. So I I probably say yes, but I think he needs to show it more in fall camp to really earn it. That that much has been clear. Whoever wins it is going to earn it, obviously. The last quarterback to win a game against a Power 5 team not named Taysom Hill is Christian Stewart. Who will join us coming up. We will talk to him today about what he thinks of the progression of the quarterback competition within BYU. Yes, right now Tanner Mangum is the favorite. I think he it is his job to lose. He has been challenged. Okay. He's been challenged in new ways by Aaron Roderick to do things that he's never done, which means spend more time in the film room, spend more time with me, spend more time with Coach Grimes, getting to know the nuances and the ins and outs. Show us that you want to be the guy by doing something you've never done before. He looks better. He's more healthy. He's lost 22 pounds the last, what, six months or so? He looks better than he's he, ever looked he at looks, BYU. Honestly, yes. he looks younger, like thinner, better. He looks great. On media day, I was like, whoa. The vibe is different. Will that translate to the field? I don't know, but I think that they are going to take that chance with him because he has 21 games of starting experience. Trevor Maddich brought up a great point. He said that Tanner Mangum's a tremendous practice player. You and I watched a ton of practice last year, in fall camp specifically. We didn't see anything that would tell us that BYU was going to have a mega nuclear disaster offensively. So it's going to be hard to know in fall camp. I think it takes some time into the season to know who the guy is and how good they're going to be. I think Tanner Mangum is the favorite because of experience and because he's been challenged. And it just the feel is that, at least in my opinion, that he's going to be the guy. But don't sleep on Joe Critchlow. Joe started three games against bad competition, went 2-1. and one. He's going to get a shot. Aaron Roderick and shot. Jeff Grimes yep. really like him. He's a systematic quarterback. He's not going to lose you a game. And BYU is a systematic school. On BYU Football Media Day, Jeff Grimes joined the state of the program, and with three new starters on the offensive line, Grimes isn't pleased yet. <laughs> I'm not happy with anyone yet. Okay. I'm, I'm pleased with the progress that they're making, and I think we're certainly moving in the right direction, but we got a lot of work yet to do. He's pleased with the progress, at least. But he said he'll never be satisfied, okay? Spencer, what's your reaction to this, this comment? I hear a lot of coaches say stuff like this. Coach speak, I actually believe Jeff Grimes. I do, too, mainly because his voice is deep. I believe him. Like, I don't think he's <laughs> saying that just because it's what coaches are supposed to say and how they're supposed to think. I 100% believe that is how he feels to his core. I don't think he uh, believes in fluff. Like, I'm with you. I think when Jeff Grimes says something, it is completely how he feels. Like, Bronco Mendenhall, it wasn't like, what does Bronco think about a certain subject? It, he would just say it. Like, it was face value. It was clear. It was straightforward. And I appreciate that. And trust me, that's going to be painful at times because straightforward people hurt feelings. But the message is clear. And when you're trying to move forward and communicate well, sometimes 
no sugar is good on the food that you need to swallow. It feels very much like he is trying to fix a business that is out of sorts. He uh, has come yeah. in. Yeah, absolutely. Been given the keys as the CFO, if you will, of BYU football to figure out things financially with the offense and turn this thing around and get BYU back in the black and out of the red. This means a lot to Jeff Grimes. He came back because he wanted to be here. But also, guess what? Jeff Grimes probably wants to be a head coach. Uh, yes. This so, is, in a lot of ways, yeah. a job interview type of position for him. Listen, if the BYU offense the next year or two can have at least one year, that's really good. Jeff Grimes is going to be elsewhere, either coordinating at a Power 5 or head coach at a group of five, or maybe even a power five. This this will be an opportunity f- for him to do something special elsewhere. And guess what? BYU can leverage that into a, a season or two. Robert and I never got a head coaching gig out of this, but probably could have with a group of five or something. Came from an offense, uh, offensive line coach at a power five team, had a different offense, established a culture, was kind of the bad cop. Does that sound familiar? Like, BYU had... Really good success quickly. I won't be shocked if BYU has good success right away with Jeff Grimes. He's been waiting like 20 years for this season. Jeff Grimes' agenda is a bottom line type of agenda. Yes. Give me the guys who can get what I need done. I don't care how much experience you have, what's happened in the past. I, be, I believe him. Like I don't, I don't care. Just can you do it right now? Can you do it right now for me? Can you make this happen? If not, get out of here. It's a bottom line agenda for him, and that is who's going who's gonna to win games? I, who's going to win games? Who's going to help us win games? I know it's on the top line and I guess the bottom line. I don't know what's in the middle. I really don't. Well, I'll give you I something like in know. the middle. I'd like to know. <laughs> How about this for in the middle? Anders Taco Svensson. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows him. His nickname comes from a love for Mexican food. Plays for the Swedish national soccer team. He said he would give <laughs> up Mexican food for life if Mexico was to eliminate Sweden today from the World Cup. <laughs> That's not happening. Svensson is the Swedish record holder for international games played with 148. Again, he's going to eat That's rice and uh, whatever he wants within the Mexican menu tonight after Rito's a 3 to nothing yeah, victory baby. over the Mexican national team today. But let's take this convo into the BYU world. Mm-hmm. What would you give up? Channel your inner Anders Taco Svensson. I do a lot uh, Friday nights about 2 a.m. What would you give up to guarantee a BYU win over the likes of a Washington or Wisconsin? I would say those. that would be a monumental win. <laughs> just want to throw that in there. Uh, I would give up all my sins. Uh, I would also give up my top button. For a week? Oh, only for a week? I would also give up basketball for a month. That's a lot. That means a lot to me. Why would you not? Rice a week. Okay, basketball for a week. Why not top button for a month? All right. And I would shave (laughs) your head. That's the last thing I would do. All right. The people want it. If you listen closely, you can hear it. Them clamoring. No. No. Outside the building. Oh, wait. That's for Studio C to get in? Oh, my bad. Yeah. Go with the top button for a month. Will you do that? If BYU, BYU wins oh, at Wisconsin or Washington? I'll do more than that. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I ain't shaving my head, but I don't, top button, that's nothing, dude. Oh, what would Let's I give up? what you'd give up. Yeah. What would I give up? I, I can't do the hair thing. And again, this is for my mom. Why this not? is for my mother. She made me promise that I would never do you that. You did? Yes. She's like, <laughs> promise me you will not shave your head. <laughs> well, you're not as stupid as I am. <laughs> for one thing. But we need to figure out something that would be... 
lasting and meaningful. Yeah, because typically I've gone to all surrender some of my favorite BYU swag or whatever. Yeah, that's a real sacrifice. Again, yeah, I, I don't know. You said you'd dye your well, hair. I dye my, I'll, I'll, I'll dye my hair but blue. Like, you can't go like the I'm washing it out in two no, days. No, I'll, like, I'll dye it blue. Last. It will last for at least a week. I will dye my hair blue. I think a week's probably fair given the number of like women's soccer and I got to do other things, right? Post-game I'll shows, dye you know? my hair blue if BYU wins at Washington or Wisconsin. You'll dye your hair blue. Yes. Okay. For and it's got to last a week. Yeah, and it will. And and, and if it doesn't last listen, a week, you have to redo it for another week. Listen, my hairdresser Sharice, she knows what she's doing. She's legit. Yeah, she is legit. She is a hairdresser Charisse. of the yeah. stars other than me. Uh so she she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's really good. Okay, one week, blue hair. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as you can see, if you're on the radio, I'm wearing uh, sunglasses. It is National Sunglasses Day. On this show, we call certain glasses blue goggles, if you're new to the program. Okay. Yes. Will you yep. don some of these? Yep, I, I will. Thank you. I'll do that. Spencer, what's your blue goggle opinion that no matter what, you cannot be talked off that stance? You already know my answer to this, Jerem. Well, tell the people. It is my infinite answer. But I'll give you a couple. One, Mitch Matthews was an elite receiver at BYU. <laughs> Just your body language alone when I say that tells me everything I need to know about how you still feel about You that. know, I go back a long way, like 12 years. Yeah. You, uh-huh. you, like, if I move my arm a certain way, you're like, oh, I know your emotion. <laughs> he made some memorable catches. He was in fantastic big time moments. Yeah. Really, really good. And. Maybe it's because I think he was awesome too. I just don't use that word. Elite. I think he was an elite collegiate receiver. <laughs> it's like a curse word to you. Uh secondly, secondly, BYU would have gone to a BCS bowl game in twenty fourteen had Taysom Hill stayed healthy. That's an interesting one, because they need to have one loss or fewer. And that schedule wasn't tough. And all you and that brings me to mind, uh, the whole schedule discussion. I just want BYU to play three or four power fives, not five plus, because I don't think it's in the best interest of the program, which is to win. And if you tell me that you want something besides winning, I'm questioning why, what you want, right? But in 2014, BYU played three power fives, yeah, not five, at, not four on the road. At UCF, that was a 10-win team. Doesn't that feel like a power five type of opponent? No, th- that's what I'm saying. You can play three to four quality group of fives. That'll still give you some street and cred. three power fives, and then yeah, three three to four power fives, three to four quality group of fives, UCF, Boise State, and so on, uh, and then four to six, depending on how many P five G fives you played, winnable games. You're going to a bowl game. You're having enough games to where they say, well, they played a tough schedule, and they're undefeated. They should be here. I don't think that a one loss BYU with that schedule would have necessarily made a BCS oh, game. Oh, I think there's they a, would. There's a chance, but I think that unless you're undefeated and you're outside of the group of five, you've, to give yourself a real not, shot, you've got to be undefeated. Not when you have star power like Taysom Hill and with the way that they burst onto the scene over Texas. Well, at that point, they're looking at the schedule and they're saying, okay, what, what power five at large that has a tougher schedule, that has one loss or fewer, doesn't deserve to get in here because BYU is better? That's the question that we would have had. Well, that was. But the- I'm with you that that was going to be a special season, and I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be clamoring about ten win seasons and no, not being ranked the past six and blah blah blah. Had that season or another like it already happened, but the, it hasn't happened. The New Year's Six wasn't in place until 2015, correct? Yeah. So 2014 so it, a BCS game. Call B- what you want. BYU would have had a greater opportunity to get into 
a BCS game. There was more Wait. opportunity for a team like BYU compared to the New Year's Six formula. I don't think – explain how. It's, it, it was – BYU was still not a group of five type of inclusion. They would have been an at-large BCS team. I understand that. And what year was it? What bowls had an at-large spot? Was it one, three, or five? But if they're ranked – no, 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 no. That's the thing is before the college football playoff, the one, three, five thing wasn't in play. It wasn't in play. They just had two at-large spots for BCS well, games. Right, but BYU, BYU would have had to go over a one-loss or two-loss juggernaut of a Power 5 that didn't make the BCS. You're National ranked in the top game. 15, and you got Taysom Hill, and you did what you did against Texas. You got a good shot, gotcha. but it's not, it's not a my lock, blue, My blue-goggled opinion, you can't yeah. talk me off of it. That's exactly right, I can't. You cannot talk me yeah. away from that. All I'm saying is 2014 was going to be awesome. Uh, I wish that we could have seen what was going to happen because – that could have been a season that we talked about forever. All right. I need but to instead, take we talked about Brian Sweet. I'm getting a headache thinking about 2014 with these blue goggles on. Ugh. I don't, yeah, that's, that's the one that got away, dude. 2014 is the one that got Time away. to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. Let's roll out your collective voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. In on Facebook, Chris Smith. My Pete stance, Chris Smith, tight end? I have no idea. But if it is or if it isn't, we're glad to have you chime in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My stance that no matter how many games BYU loses, BYU can in any game win, even versus the top of college football. That is, yeah, that's a blue goggled opinion <laughs> for sure. Like, But that's part of fandom. Like the hope, the, the idea, the possibility that you could win that, win a game. Like, BYU has shown that it can beat the number one team in the country in basketball and football over the last 20, 30 years. Guess right? what? Sometimes Korea, sometimes like, Korea yeah. beats Germany 2-0 in the World Cup to eliminate the defending World Cup champions, and Sweden beats Mexico 3-0. Like, That's why we love sports. Happen. That's why we love sports. Listen, one game is different than a season. None of us are saying, what if BYU goes undefeated? Like, that's not an option. That's not an option. But could BYU get a win of monumental significance this year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sports, the only true, unpredictable reality television. Amen to that. Coming up, another 10 and 10. I'll give you the top 10 offenses the Cougars will face in 2018. Christian Stewart went from scout team quarterback to starter in less than a year. What is that like? And how does it help him understand what BYU quarterbacks right now are going through? We're going to talk to him next. Did he cheat like Brian Logan to do it? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation continues 24-7 on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day, what is your most blue-goggled, opinion within BYU sports like nobody can talk you away from this thing we shared ours hashtag BYUSN at Ryband 3 Taysom Hill could have won a Heisman had he stayed healthy in 2014 had a Heisman run oh had a Heisman run okay what does that mean though top three New York City yeah Jordan Lynch Northern Illinois got there a non-power five can't win the Heisman in my opinion BYU could have made a run at the final four with Jimmer they kind of did didn't they they got to the sweet 16 but he says, if Brandon Davies was on the floor, hashtag National Sunglass Day. <sighs> those ones hurt, man. Yeah, both could, of those. The could have been. Both if, of those. What if hell is what could have been, 
Those are certainly people there hate for me in that hate mindset. those conversations. Oh, oh. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, longtime friend of the program, former BYU quarterback, led the Cougars to four straight wins in 2014, taking over for Taysom Hill. Christian Stewart. Christian, Stu! welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I want you to know that I am still the proud owner of a Christian Stewart T-shirt that Nate Austin and your roommates made up in 2014. Uh, Do you still have those, Christian? So my wife actually was wearing hers two nights ago, and (laughs) she said, said, I've got to find one. So we're expecting a baby, and she wants to find one for our, our child to wear as well. Very cool. First of all, congratulations uh, on uh, the approach of a new baby. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, just make sure that the uh, the Sea Stew t-shirt is made into a swaddling blanket, right? Is that what we're going <laughs> yeah, for? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. Uh, on the topic of BYU football, because you lived it, you did it as a backup quarterback, what is it like to battle for that position with a bunch of other guys that you are supposedly friends with but you all want that number one position? It's a good question. And it's a very unique situation to be in. I'll say at BYU, I never truly competed for the starting job, just given that when I was there, you know, you had Max Hall my freshman year. And then when I was back from mission, you had Jake Heaps. And then when I was back from Snow College, you had Taysom, who kind of was a clear cut favorite. But I was definitely battling for the backup position. And then when I was at Snow College, I battled for the starting spot. And it's, it's weird because you're in the, in the QB room with these guys. You have to act like your buddy, buddy. But when you're out on the field, man, you freaking hate those guys. And, you're going <laughs> against them. and you want, I mean, you want to beat them in everything that you do. So it's, it's a fine line. Uh, but honestly, it brings out it brings out the best in in any quarterback, and I'm excited that BYU truly has a QB competition this year because I think it can only help the program. Now it's interesting because I remember a spring after John Beck, where Brendan Gaskins, Cade Cooper, and Max Hall competed for the starting spot. Max was named the starter after spring. Cade Cooper transferred. Brendan Gaskins stayed. He was the backup. In this situation, we don't know who the guy is yet with, you know, under like three months to go um, for BYU at Arizona. What's the dynamic like, in your opinion, of when you have to figure that out in fall camp? There's only four weeks to figure that out in practice officially. Yeah, so football, it's a numbers game, and it's all about getting the reps. And I'd say BYU has to identify their two leading horses within the first week of camp and pick them and go with them and let them battle it out because – Splitting reps between four and five guys will only be detrimental to everybody on the team. So I'd say, you know, you've got to find your guy and you've got to go with at least two or at a, at a maximum two guys. Otherwise you're spreading yourself too thin and nobody can really progress to the point that you need them to be. Okay. In 2014, if I recall in fall camp, Taysom Hill got a lot of the reps. He's the guy after a stellar sophomore year. You are there as well, and you're getting reps too, and then a not a lot of third string and fourth string uh, reps because it was clear that you were the backup and Taysom was the starter, right? So how many reps do you think the starting guy and maybe the backup need or, or what percentage of all those reps would those two need? Like are you giving three, four, five hardly any reps in this situation? 
Yeah, so in my experience at BYU, 80% plus of the reps are going to the starter and the backup. Spring ball is where you're supposed to get everybody reps and try everybody out, let them get kind of ones, twos type experience. But fall camp, I mean, you're it's short. You've got three weeks, if I remember right, to prepare for a game. And so there's there's not a lot of reps to go around, and you need at least 80% going to the one and two. How many reps did you need to feel comfortable once you took over for Taysom Hill? Yeah, well, I would have loved the ones reps during during fall camp, and I'd say that's the downfall to not having a true QB competition is because I never got what I what I love about the QB competition. What I experienced at Snow College when I was battling for the starting spot is every rep, even if it's in practice or in the spring game or the the blue and white game it's a game rep because you are battling for your life and battling for that, that number one spot. When you're a backup QB and you're coming in to, you know, give Taysom a breather or you're coming in to take the second team reps, it's, it's so much different. The speed of the game is different. Um, and so you could, honestly, you could tell, you watch my first game, I come in uh, against Utah State, and of course there's, you know, jitters. I've never really played in a game before where I actually have a meaningful role and get a pass in a D1 game. Yeah, oh, by the way, your and, team's ranked 18th and you're undefeated and you're losing at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, not not a great place to be in, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I came out and it just took a while to get comfortable with my receivers. I was overthrowing guys. Uh, but then you can see the next week when I came in against UCF, felt like I had a good performance. And that one week of rest with the first team, I felt like got me in sync with, with them. But I never had those rests before. So it, it, you know, it took a while. And you said week. You mean two days. Like that was the Thursday game in Florida. So you had Monday, Tuesday. That's all it took. So that's interesting to me. Okay. Will fall camp be enough time to really know who the guy is? Because – in my opinion, it might be a few games before we know who the guy is. I, I agree. And I think if you're a coach, I, so I appreciate a coach that sticks with his guy and gives him a shot because you can't be a quarterback. The worst thing you can have is a QB who's looking over his shoulder and feels like if he makes a mistake, he's going to get yanked out of the game. You can't, you can't have that. Your coach has to stick with whoever he chooses. But that being said, he can't be afraid to make a change if things are going bad, you know, two, three, four games into the season and you're not getting the productivity that you want. You, you can't just stick with someone for the whole season um, and let them kind of tank your season, if you will. I know this is a really hard question to answer, but if you had to pick a guy to start against Arizona on September 1st right now, who are you hanging your hat on? <laughs> yeah. It's anybody's anybody's game here, but I'd say if I'm going to hang my hat on anybody, I'm going to let. Uh, I think experience takes the cake, and I think Tanner will be starting day one because he's the safest bet for you. But that being said, does Tanner finish the season? I don't know. And in Independence, you were a part of this BYU. We looked it up based on who started game one. Has started a backup has started forty percent of the time. Like, you started the last eight games of 2014, and so what's the mentality of a backup in this situation? Let's say let's say you're Bo Hodge or Joe Critchlow or even Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, who knows who the backup is. Um, 
what's the mentality of that backup knowing, okay, I'm one play away. And that's always the case, but for BYU, it's been really the case in independence. So I'd say it's a good thing this is fall and not spring because my, in my experience, guys have quarterbacks have a different mindset and they want to be on the field. They think they're the best and nobody can tell them anything different. And so that's why so often after spring ball, like you talked about with Cade Cooper and Max Hall, once Max won, Cade left. The same thing when I was at Snow College, I won the starting job. The other guy left. Uh, same thing with Taysom and Ammon Olsen. Taysom won the job, Ammon left. So oftentimes the backup has a hard time coping with he's not the starter and they, you know, they peace out. Luckily this is in fall camp. And so you're going to be able to keep your guys for the whole season. And I'd say for whoever's in the backup spot, you have to prepare like every game you're going to be playing, especially when the QB race is this close. It's so easy to just take a backup role. You know, you don't really prep for the games you don't study as much film because you're not going to be the one, you know, in the game. You can't do that in this scenario. You've got to be ready to go in at any moment. How many scholarship quarterbacks does BYU really need? <laughs> uh, well, considering I was a walk-on, I'm very biased towards this. But <laughs> I I would say you need you need three guys. You really need a, a strong. Obviously, you need a great starter and you need a great backup, and then you need a third guy that can uh, do a little bit of everything. I think when – so when I was searching my junior year, I ran a lot of the scout team to help get them ready for games, which kept me in game shape and actually helped me uh, win the backup spot over um, over Ammon. And the, the third – or the fourth and fifth guys, I mean, I, I really don't think that you need – five guys on scholarship. Those are usually walk-on guys that are kind of doing a, a little bit of everything on, on scout team and taking some of the reps or will run option QB for when you play Air Force or Navy and, and things like that. Former BYU quarterback Christian Stewart with us on BYU Sports Nation. He beat Jared Goff head-to-head. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, don't forget that. At one. Cal to close out the regular season in 2014. Christian, what do you think about the BYU schedule this season with five very difficult road games ahead, only one power five at home? Yeah, well, I like this. I like the schedule this season more than I have in, in years past, given that we've spread out some of our harder games. They're not completely front-loaded, uh, which I think in the past we've been on the road at early in the season which I guess here we somewhat are, but yeah, we've got some we've got some good games on the schedule, man. I I remember playing at Wisconsin uh, my junior year, and that was I I tell people when they ask you know where was your favorite place that you played, I loved playing at Wisconsin, best college football atmosphere that I've I've been a part of. But it's a tough place to play. A loud crowd, very hostile. They've got a massive uh, team playing at UW. They've obviously been really good the last couple of years. Finishing the year with, with Utah, I'm stoked about that. It's about time that we finally bring back the rivalry to end of the season. Yeah, it's nice. And let's finish with this. Are you showing Fred Warner around the Bay Area since you live close? Yeah. You know what? I'm a bad teammate because I thought multiple times I need to reach out to Fred and have him over for dinner. And, and 
Yeah, just connect with him, and I, I haven't since he's moved out here. Hey, you have time. It's not too Yeah, late. do it, Christian. Christian, will you reach out to Fred Warner and invite him to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that your missionary commitment this, to me? <laughs> this guy worked at the MTC, man. He's all over it. <laughs> I, I can't give you – no, just kidding. I, I will. I will commit. I will awesome. Commit. Love it. Love it. Christian, it's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, always insightful into what it's like to be a quarterback in – I mean, you had a very unique experience, so thanks for taking some time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Christian Stewart on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He knows what the situation's like, man. See, Stu has lived it. And, and, and now he can host Fred Warner. Yeah, now he can. Now he can have him all for dinner. Exactly. <laughs> Coming up, a World Cup date. Let's just say fate gave us the best team in the tournament so far. You cannot predict the madness that is the World Cup right now. Love it. We love sports. Plus, the 10 best offenses BYU will face in the 2018 football season. Let's go. Second week of Jerem Jordan's 10 in 10. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Yeah. On a Wednesday, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, our national simulcast as always. On BYU TV, we are on demand anytime, anywhere. Wednesday means one thing as we near the college football season, and that is another edition of Jerem Jordan's 10 in 10. Let's go. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem 10 in 10. Let's get it. It's the top 10 offenses BYU will face in 2018, not listed McNeese State and Hawaii. Wait, is this last week? Nope. It'll sound like last week, though. Number 10, New Mexico State. The Aggies went back to a bowl game for the first time since 1960 last year. Well, the good times are probably over. Quarterback Tyler Rogers, leading rusher Larry Rose, receiver Jill Scott, all gone. The pass offense last year was sixth in the country. 340 a game. That was awesome. But they're gone. Speaking of six, six linemen with experience are back. Nick Janty or Matt Romero need to step in a quarterback and get stuff done quickly. BYU by 30 in that game. Fellow independent, by the way. Number nine, Northern Illinois. 380 yards a game was 93rd last year. 5.2 yards per play. Not good. That was around BYU's level. After six different starting quarterbacks the past three seasons, Mac Freshman of the Year, Marcus Childers, is back after starting the last seven. Dale Line, very experienced. 111 career starts. Back 10th most in the country, led by two-time all-league tackle, left tackle, Max Sharping. Wait a second. They have the Mac Freshman of the Year mm-hmm. and basically their entire offensive linebacker, and you've got them number nine? 380 a game, not good. Just because wow. they're back doesn't mean they're good. Number eight, Utah State. The Aggie offense didn't wow anybody, but scored 48 touchdowns last year. Three shy of normally potent Boise State. But with a passing TD interception ratio plus four, the Aggies, not explosive. O-line returns all five starters, four seniors, including former Cougar Quinn Ficklin, who caught a first down against Michigan State in 2016. Quarterback Jordan Love threw eight touchdowns last year. Run threat. Aggies 22-4 and four the last 26 times they have a 100-yard record. You've got Utah State over Northern Illinois. I just I just can't get over that. 380 yards a game? If you're sub 400, you're terrible. Number seven, another independent, UMass. Quarterback Andrew Ford, 22 touchdowns, four picks. It's a good ratio. Passing offense, 17th in the country, nearly 300 a game. Top receiver Andy Isabella back after 1,000 yards, 10 touchdown catches. Big tight end target Adam Brenneman graduated. Tailback Marquise Young rushed for 1,009 touchdowns. Top seven rushers are back. This team put up 16 points and somehow won in Provo. The offense put up 50 and 45 in losses last year. The offense isn't the issue with the Minutemen. 
And yet you have this as a guaranteed win for BYU in Foxborough in November. Guaranteed. Yeah, the number, number seven offense, and it's a guaranteed win. Guaranteed. Oh. Number six, Cal. If your offense wasn't good and it returns 10 starters, is it good or bad? 28 points a game, 73rd nationally, 36 touchdowns, second fewest of all BYU FBS opponents on the schedule this year. OC Bo Baldwin was at Eastern Washington for nine seasons, second season in Berkeley. The Bears return quarterback Ross Bowers, but he's got to win the job, apparently. Running back Patrick Laird, 1,100 rushing yards last year, eight of the top nine pass catchers back, by the way. Cal won in three all-time versus BYU, a guy that beat Cal. Christian Stewart, we heard from him. Let's call this the Tom Homel game. Yeah, I think Cal at number six is is fair, and I'm, I'm very grateful that BYU has at least one Power 5 game at home, and it's against Cal. Yeah, I think it's a winnable game. Number five, Boise State. Senior quarterback Brett Rippon is the nation's leading active passer with nearly 9,900 yards under his belt. Offense wasn't Stellar last year under O.C. Zach Hill. Finished 36th in points. That's fine. But 90th in rushing, 57th in passing. Not a typical Boise State. Rippon lost his top two targets in Cedric Wilson, Jake Rowe. Rush game put up 144 game. Lowest number since the Broncos became an FBS t- team in 96. But running back Alexander Madison still rushed for 1,000. 12 touchdowns, including 123 against BYU. Okay, again, this means Utah will be higher than Boise State. Last week, Boise State was higher than Utah. Utah, number four. Second-year offensive coordinator Troy Taylor has a returning quarterback in Tyler Huntley. We'll see if uh, Jack Tuttle plays into the mix, but Huntley became the first Ute quarterback to throw 300-plus in back-to-back games since 08. 1,100-yard rusher Zach Moss is back. The Utes were an average offense, ranking between 49 and 65 in scoring total passing and rushing. They aren't good on offense. They aren't bad. They're Utah? I don't know. They're decent uh, offensively? Decent offensively. Yeah. I'd still flip-flop Boise and Utah. Okay. Number three, Arizona. Quarterback Khalil Tate is the offense. 19 years old, 9.2 yards per carry. Whoa. Seven returning starters, just two on the O-line. Rich Rod's thing was offense, so the Wildcats are top five in scoring. Can Kevin Sumlin, the new head coach, keep that going? Second most plays of 40-plus nationally. That's because your boy Khalil Tate is streaking down the sideline. Seven yards per play is the highest of any team on the schedule. He's legit. Now, the question is, is there enough tape on Khalil Tate that defenses can now figure out how to slow him down? He wasn't as good a runner down the stretch. At the beginning, he was awesome. Down the stretch, not so much. Make adjustments. Number two, and this will tell you who number one is, Washington. The Huskies took a step back offensively in 2017 by finishing 17th in scoring and making a second straight New Year's <laughs> Six game. Eight, what a drop-off! Eight starters return, including senior quarterback Jake Browning, Second most passing yards among active players. Brett Rippon, Boy State number one. Jake Browning number two. Running back, Miles Gaskins is back. He could have gone pro. He has the most rushing yards with nearly 4,000 career of any active player. That's the best quarterback combo uh, with a running back of any team BYU plays. The offense is good. This is Chris Peterson's squad. They're going to be good on offense. Amen to that. And the number one offense BYU will face in 2018, Wisconsin. Other offenses might be more explosive, but the Badgers return a nearly 2,000-yard rusher in Jonathan Taylor. He might win the Heisman. A quarterback who completed 18 of 19 passes versus BYU and Alex Hornibrook. The whole offensive line and the top four pass catchers. Coordinator Joe Rudolph has maintained the Wisconsin tradition of a dominant rush attack. They control the line of scrimmage with a top 25 rushing offense. And those are the top 10 offenses BYU will face in 2018. And those are the reasons I will dye my hair blue if BYU wins one of those two games. <laughs> that would be big time because those are some really good offenses. Really good. Yeah. John, I'm serious. Jonathan Taylor is a guy that could be top three in New York. To me, he's the best finalist. player BYU will face. Yeah. And I'll do, I'll do 
offensive players, defensive players, defense, a whole much more. Every Wednesday, a 10 and 10 coming your way throughout the summer. There are two legit Heisman Trophy candidates that BYU will defend against this year. Absolutely. If not more. If not more. Coming wow. up, Colton Mahoney gets a bizarre win in the minor. And if you missed the madness of the World Cup this morning, fear not. We're going to relive it all. Germany, they gown at the hands of South Korea. And Mexico was a for sure thing to get through, right? Uh, it was close, dog. It got weird. This is BYU Sports Nation. You know it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Live from the studio, Bizzle. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern. If you want the rebroadcast on BYU Radio, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. Our question of the day, what is your blue goggle opinion that no matter what, you cannot be talked off that stance at Colonel James 83. I would shave my head. I'm practically bald anyway, so no big deal. That's on what you would do to guarantee a win over Washington or Wisconsin. Oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So you would shave your head. Wait, you're practically bald. Okay. Never mind. No, it needs to be a sacrifice. It needs to be a sacrifice. Some, some, uh, in, in at Y underscore soup, I would shave my wife's head. Gulp. Gulp. Uh, <laughs> unless she's got a G.I. Jane or V for Vendetta thing going with uh, Natalie Portman, not recommended. All right, so the bonus question on Twitter, bringing in some responses from at Colonel underscore James 83 and at YSoup. You can add your comments to the mix, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hashtag BYUSN. What a morning in Russia at the World Cup. Let's get to the cup date. All right, first of all, our team, Croatia, oh. undefeated in group play. For the goats. Nine right points. Now. They beat Iceland two to one yesterday to finish the <laughs> domination of Group D. Hey, made it through. High five. We made it through. Croatia nice moving on as the number one seed out of Group D. Argentina, by the skin of their teeth, lucky. Also make it out of the group with four points, scoring a goal in the 86th minute. So it's Croatia and Argentina advancing out of Group D. Now, as for today, South Korea eliminated from getting into the elimination round before their game against Germany began, but they pull off a 2-0 stunner to keep the defending World Cup champions. They're out! Germany's out! out. Germany has never, 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 never in the history of the World Cup finished with two losses in the group stage. Ich bin out of pool play. And uh, uh, wow. Sweden, 3 nothing over Mexico, meaning Sweden's the top team out of that group. Mexico gets through as well. Today, Serbia takes on my O Brasil, Acelasu. Good luck to those guys. Acelasu. Acelasu. And then Switzerland, Costa Rica. Okay? Four points for Switzerland and Brazil. Serbia has three. Costa Rica, they gone with zero. Nice job, CONCACAF. Mexico, oh. got, Mexico got through at least. Hey, Mexico's through. Panama. And that's it. Good luck to Brazil. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> the Brazil. And good luck to Costa Rica. You know, it doesn't really matter, you know. just. Well, Switzerland has four points. They can get through. If they beat Costa Rica, they're in. Oh, and then sorry, it comes sorry, down to for, Serbia and Brazil. Matter, it doesn't matter for Costa Rica. Yeah. Right, they, they're done. They're in Costa Rica, though. They're, they're One of my favorite life. things today. One Great. of my favorite things. We just tweeted this out. 
There is a Korean fan, a, a Korean man in Mexico. Is a man who is a fan. Okay, watching the World Cup unfold. And Plaza Mexico. Because of what Korea did to Germany, Mexico, they laid an egg but still get through. And so all these people all the are Mexicans taking are pictures. Out with this great, yeah, they're taking what? pictures with this lone Korean dude in Mexico right now. He's the most popular He's guy in Mexico. He's the national hero in Mexico. He's more popular than Chicharito. Chicharito <laughs> right now. Oh, okay. You think Yaka had any idea how this day was going to go for him? Oh, he knew. His team beat Germany, and then he becomes a hero to thousands of Mexican soccer fans just for being from Korea. He's more than a man. He's a symbol, an idea. Dehanmin, go! Yes. I didn't didn't learn that clapping right right before the show (laughs) when you were were doing it. (laughs) Oh, back to social media. While we're on the topic of everyone taking pictures with a Korean guy in Mexico to celebrate World Cup advancement, what would you give up? Or, yeah, we'll go with the bonus question. What would you, what would you, or how, how would you guarantee a win over Washington, Wisconsin? If you could give up something, what would you do? No, this is the blue goggle question. Oh, now we're doing the blue goggle question. Yeah. Okay. We've got two out there. Okay. So this is the blue goggle question. What is your most blue goggle take no matter what? You remain on that stance. That Taysom Hill would have won a Heisman in 2014 with no injuries. Now listen, uh, Jordan Lynch with Northern Illinois rushed for over 2,000 yards and did not win the Heisman. Like, I don't – and they were really good. I'm cool with the BCS. Just getting there, just getting to New York would be the thing. It's not 1990. Like, it's a Power 5 trophy. And, hey, you get an invite too, independent. Like, I don't believe he would have won it. I mean, he would have been in the mix. He would have got some votes, yes, but win it? That's tough. At Watch32 and on Instagram, thinks Taysom Hill would have won a Heisman in 2014 with no injuries. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm cool just going with BYU would have played in a BCS game that year. They would have, it would have been over. Like, independence validated. BYU into the BCS. And BYU would be in the Big 12 if they had done that. Hot take. You really think they'd be in the Big 12? Well, they, they, they would have had a that? season to validate everything, maybe. Maybe. <sighs> maybe. I'm just saying. That's not a good reason to say anything, but people just say. Just that say. is a hot take, and that's a super blue goggle hot take. Coming up, the wow. elite voice of the day. It's a pretty good one. I've seen it. And how do you get a win by recording one out? Uh, baseball. <laughs> a BYU, former BYU star, figured that out. We'll discuss it next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Holler out to Christian Stewart for joining us today. The former BYU quarterback won a game head-to-head against Jared Goff, the last BYU quarterback not named Taysom Hill, to win a game against a Power 5 opponent. How about that? Dennis Pitta, we were this close, man, this close. We just ran out of time. As a starter, because Tanner Mangum beat Nebraska, I would give him the win as a relief pitcher. As a starter. As, as a starter, starter. okay. Yes, qualify as a starter. If you missed any part of this show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes Google Play. Coming up this week, the preseason college football legend, Phil Steele. Great to talk to him. And MVP of his Lithuanian championship team, Brandon Davies. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the minors. Brendan Lawn, one for three with a run score and a Mobile Bay Bears loss against the Tennessee Smokies in double A. Colton Mahoney pitched... One-third of an inning. So I got one out. Gave up three hits, an earned run, and earns the win. So uh, did his team walk off? Against the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. 
or so for the the jumbo shrimp, they beat yeah. the Mississippi Bridge. He comes in, he gets one out. They end up taking the lead, so he's the pitcher of record, confused. and he gets the win. Like wins and losses in baseball, are like eh, whatever. One out, and he's the winning pitcher. Colton's like, man, that was hard. Yeah, ice your arm down, man. <laughs> Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Oh, it goes to uh, South Korea, the the place of your two-year mission trip for defeating Germany. Wir sind draußen. That means we are out in <laughs> German. Draußen. Dr- Hold on, let me play it again. Play it. Wir sind draußen. We are out. Germany's out. Okay. So nice job, South Korea. You beat Germany, and you and you knock them out. Same time. Hangugun igyeosunida. Yes. What does that mean? That means Korea won. Well, let's see in Google Translate. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do it. I, I challenge you. We won. Yeah, Hanguk Korea won in Korean is what you need to do. Not we won. Uriga would be we. Okay. Are we? Are you really challenging my my Korean? Uriga igyeosunida. You do the voice. What am I looking up in English? We won. <laughs> Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Do you believe me yet? Yeah, Uriga Igyota. Okay, there you go. Congratulations, South Korea. What's your blue goggle opinion (laughs) that no matter what you can mean it, not talked off that stance? Tammy Wilson on Facebook. It has to be that BYU will win every game. Does that not make you a fan? Yes. At Kelly underscore BYU okay, fan okay, in on Twitter. Okay, this one's this one's good. It was not Ty Detmer's fault. Hashtag BYUSN. Well then. Our elite voice of the day from at Ames Flames. Blue goggle take. Max Hall was right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to the great number 66, Mike Empey. See you tomorrow.